We're back here with uh, another install uh, installation of the Wakelet podcast. Michael here um, from Wakelet in Manchester in the United Kingdom. I'm um, really excited about the conversation that we're going to be having today. We have a different lineup uh, of guests, um, all from the Wakelet offices, a combination of um, cool and very intelligent people. Um, as I said, from different areas, we have representations from uh, design and, and product um, backgrounds in development as well, and obviously um, from marketing as well. So we have lots of different perspectives uh, coming together um, for the discussion today. Uh, just to do a quick round of intros, uh, really happy to have Yushin uh, here today. Uh, how's your day going? How are you doing? I'm great, thanks. It's really good to have you here um, and safe as well. Um, obviously, you're coming from a, a product and development background. Um, so I think really looking forward to uh, getting your insights uh, on the topic at hand. But yeah, how's your day going? How are you? Yeah, it's really good. Really good. Thank you, Mike. Um, glad, like really excited to do this. Finally, been talking about it for a while, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, the, the Wakelet podcast has been circling the office and, and people are certainly um, becoming quite intrigued. Uh, and a good friend of mine, Edgar, uh, of course, we work quite closely together on a, on a marketing side, but really good to have you here. Um, yeah, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, it's, uh, obviously this, is, this has been a, a brainchild of ours, hasn't it, for uh, the last couple of weeks. And uh, it's, uh, well, actually from the wider team from, for a long time ago, but we've actually made it, made it a, a thing now. So it's, it's exciting to actually, actually be on it. I'm usually sort of behind, behind, behind the scenes on it. So yeah, I'm really good. It's a really good day. It's, uh, it's warm here in Manchester now, so that's mm. good. Um, but yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing good, yeah, and I think uh, the, the Manchester sunshine is not something that we get very often. Um, so to be sat here with the with the sun shining uh, through the windows is definitely a nice feeling. Uh, a massive welcome to everyone that's tuning in, uh, to all the listeners. It's great to have you. Um, you know, the, the feedback that we got on the first podcast has been really positive and very pr- appreciative of that. Um, so yeah, you're more than welcome um, to to. Um, be with us uh, here today. Today, the topic is going to be slightly different uh, to what we spoke about last week. Uh, we're going to be discussing what it's like to work in the tech industry. Um, I'm sure people have a certain sense or a certain impression of what it's like to work in the tech industry or have a certain impression of the tech industry generally. Um, so I think it'd be interesting to have the conversation as to what it's like from a um, from a personal point of view of, of what we experience on a day-to-day basis and um, the certain pressures, the certain experiences that we have, um, like I say, coming from a number of different areas of the company. So yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to, to get an insight into, into what it is actually like. Um, to get started, just just with a few buzzwords that perhaps are associated with, um, with the tech industry, uh, them being pressure innovation, risk, uh, customer focus, uh, and adaptability. Um, just some buzzwords there. Uh, Yushin, you've, of course, worked in the tech industry for, for a few years now. Um, do those words resonate? Do they reflect the experiences that you've had? Yeah, pretty much. They cover the every aspects of my work, actually. Um, customer focus, definitely. That's about my job. And I like how you throw in the pressure at the first wording <laughs> as well. Yes. Yeah, we were, we were speaking about pressure, of course, for, for a couple of minutes before we got started. So um, I'd like to just, you know, reference that and, uh, and pressure and, and what's, what the role that pressure plays uh, in your day to day life. Uh, safe. Do, do you feel the pressure? Do you embrace it? Yeah, yeah, we did. We were talking about this and I was um, I'm, I'm from a software background. I'm, I'm a mm-hmm. software developer by trade. Uh, I joined as a software engineer at Wakelet. But I've since transitioned into slightly more product-focused role, so like more of a product engineer. Um, I definitely feel the pressure in my role, and I, I think like we all do. Um, but it's I think there's just different pressure, different different types of pressure depending mm. on 
what you do um and like so like from, as an example from a uh, development background like i could easily just you could easily just stay in your cocoon as as an engineer and just mm-hmm. just write the code <laughs> just yeah. the pressure is just how fast i can write it and how how good is it how like the quality of it that's pretty much it like that's that's the pressure that you that you face as an engineer but I can draw the same parallels as from a product role. It's interesting um, to, like, to think about it in that way because obviously I, I need to do my work quicker. Mm-hmm. We need to move fast as a company. We need to move fast as a team. It, we need to deliver to high standards. So there's also the quality aspect, but then there's also like other dimensions to the pressure. Like yeah. um, it, it's not not just the pressure of how fast can we move, but it's pressure of like w- w- not to get philosophical but what are we building <laughs> exactly where does it fit um who are we building it for and mm-hmm. how how does everything connect internally and externally so internally in the sense that h- how do our teams work together mm-hmm. in engineering you don't really have to think about how does engineering interact with marketing you just sort of build the thing and you just like you just ship it mm-hmm. and then someone else has to think about how how do they sell it right but in in a more a product centric role you have to think about that whole end to end right uh, experience and you get to like I've, I've gotten to work a lot closer with ux with marketing um and our community and and seeing how all of that connects is definitely there's there's more pressure both from like in your job but also individually like trying to like piece all of this together trying to do a good job all of that mm. identifying when you're overworked because i personally i think that i think that a lot of people share the sentiment, but I personally work better under pressure. Mm-hmm. But you also need to identify when that becomes a problem. Like it needs to be pressure, like for the right reasons. It needs to be like, if, if this is a thing, a healthy sort of pressure. Yes. <laughs> and you need to identify when yeah, you've been overworked or when you need to like mm-hmm. relinquish some responsibilities uh, or duties. And I think that's that's an interesting thing that you touch upon. And especially in startup life, uh, of course, Wakelet is a tech, or originally, of course, a, a tech startup. And there are certain pressures and certain demands um, that come part and parcel in, in that as a, as a job. Um, so it is kind of managing that, I guess. But I think from my personal experience, it's a lot about you know, embrace the pressure, seek the pressure, because I think once you kind of enter into that realm of pressure, that's when you begin to understand yourself, you understand uh, what your comfort zone is and more significantly what isn't your comfort zone. And of course, that's where, where growth takes place. Um, and so, yeah, I think for, for my side, uh, it's definitely pressure is a really positive thing, but you have to manage it for sure. Um, listeners may may hear a little bit of hustle and bustle uh, in the background here, um, but that's, if anything, even more of an insight into what it's like to, to work at a tech company. There's a lot of moving parts, a lot of people moving around. Um, but just on the topic of, of pressure um, and, you know, the demand to take risks, Edgar, is that something that you feel, do you think it plays an important part uh, in, in working for a tech company? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, if, if everyone sort of, harks back to their day of, of completing deadlines and, and uh, I mean I, I was certainly one of those people who I left everything to the absolute last minute um, but I felt I worked best in those situations I don't know why I think everyone used to call me disorganised obviously not if you, te- if you turn check out my uh, my desk I'm very organised of course but, <laughs> um, but no I think in certain situations it's, it's about um, psychologically affecting yourself in, in that way 
by putting the, the, the unneeded but also needed pressure on yourself. I mean, I performed as a best at that situation, but in terms of how you can move and progress in terms of a business and, you know, having worked in marketing for, well, lots of years now and, and understanding where a, a pressure point within a business, for example, in terms of growth, in terms of, you know, commerciality, in terms of whatever it is that the, the objective for a business is, you can also apply that to most cases, you know, whether it's your own personal um, pressures in, in, in life to achieve a goal, etc. But certainly in terms of business sense, um, a pressure is a good thing. It, it, if, if there wasn't pressure there, you'd be, you'd be stagnant. You'd think mm-hmm. there's no reason to do anything else or there's no reason to go the extra mile because everything would always be... Um, well, be, be be fine and dandy. It's it's pressures pressures there in order to to spur you on, as you say, um, pushing yourself outside of a comfort zone, mm-hmm. aka pressure, will always deliver some sort of fruitful outcome. Um, whether it's negative, whether it's positive, you've always got an outcome. Mm-hmm. And whether it's negative, you know to go back and then and learn from it. and learn from it. Exactly. If it's positive, you know right, that's the next step. That's the next step on the ladder. Let's push forward after that. So um, the pressure is great, and I think pressure when it comes down to um, especially, you know, developing a, uh, in terms of our situation here, technology, the way that it moves, the speed at which technology moves nowadays, it's scary. Yeah. It definitely pushes you into realms that A, have been, you know, unforeseen or, um, you know, ones that are are not so well understood. Mm -hmm. Um, And and, and that in its its own sense is is pushing you to understand, develop and uh, essentially iterate to the point where you've actually come out with the solution. Um, A lot of what what we do in in marketing is try to find obviously a a message or uh, an affinity with an audience within our product or within whatever we're pushing out that will essentially it will resonate to the point where people will want to adopt us um, Mm -hmm. as as their go-to. And this is essentially what what most um, businesses or companies try to do, um, especially when it comes to try to find uh, a fit. And Mm -hmm. obviously it's it's, it's product fit, market fit, all that kind of stuff when we're talking about it in literal terms. But really the pressure is there to allow you to develop, to grow. And uh, and essentially, like we said before, Diamonds are formed under pressure, so that's that's kind of the mentality we go forward with. Absolutely, yeah. No, I think that's really positive. Um, and you know, just kind of contemplating where does the pressure come from? Um, from from my perspective, it seems like because the the tech industry uh, is so fast paced. You know, it's an ever changing industry. There's always new things coming out. Um, you know, you could argue whether the tech industry adapts to to fit in in the world, or does the world adapt to fit in in the tech industry or, or tech generally? Um, so there's always that. Pressure pressure to be current or be innovative. Um, from a from a d- design perspective, Yushin, I'd be really interested to know is, uh, do you constantly think about how to innovate or to, um, you know, uh, just kind of adapt or to be one of the trailblazers uh, in, in how products work or within the tech industry? Is that something that you feel on a day-to-day basis? Yeah, I, ju- I think it's a good question, actually. Um, from my perspective, as a UX designer, my focus is actually on user. It's not, I can't say it's not on the technology itself. It's based on to understand user's behavior. Mm-hmm. But when you think about user's behavior, it's about the human behavior. And actually, I think human behavior doesn't change that quick. Um, I think people, first of all, people, uh, I think what you can predict is people like to have easy life. Mm-hmm. They want to use a tool uh, that helps them to do work quicker, to um, do, e- uh, do it 
easier. And that's predictable, uh, uh, predictable. And also the um, other part is people actually don't like to change sometimes. Mm. When you think about a lot of time when you introduce a new product or new tool to people, they were like, oh, I'm happy with what I'm using. Um, so from this aspect, actually I think um, for me is to understand what suit people, what they like, what, what makes them feel like that's easy first. Then um, start to think about um, how to innovate and understand, okay, outside um, my world, what's out there, what makes people start to adapt to them rather than di- um, kind of ditch the current tools. So um, a lot of time I think it's, um, it's always like small amount of people are trying to make change and we are waiting for the moment that small amount of pe- uh, number of people um, become the bigger number of people. Mm. Um, but I think if we want to be innovative, we need to be always the early adapter, the early um, small number of people trying to think differently and make the rest of people can adopt you. Mm. That's cool. I like that. There's a, I have a quote here from uh, John Chambers, who is the CEO of Cisco, that he says, if you don't innovate fast, disrupt your industry, disrupt yourself, you'll be left behind. Save on the topic of, of innovation and disruption, um, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on that? I think to me... Um I think in essence, it just means get out of your comfort zone. Mm. When you think about like, that is what disruption is really. Like to innovate means you want to create something that doesn't exist or some, or, or improve on something like by an order of magnitude. Mm-hmm. And like to do that, you need to be asking the questions that no one else is. You need to be like taking bold steps. Mm-hmm. Um, what that means depends on like what it, what it is you're trying to do and where, but it, whatever it is, it will definitely involve you getting out of your comfort zone, which is disrupting yourself. Mm. And if you succeed, you'll end up shaking up the, the market, the competition, and that's disrupting the industry. That's mm. basically what that means to me. Absolutely. No, I really like that. Uh, I mean, the, the tech industry, I mean, it's certainly changed quite a lot in the last 20, 25 years, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not that old yet to have lived through <laughs> through some of the uh, the technological advancements. But what we do tend to look at is how fast things have you have, have changed and our views of technology have changed. Um, you know, initially, technology must have been seen as, as witchcraft to, to many people because it's something that wasn't. You know, it's 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 just purely down to the fact that we have tried to tailor technology to, like you should mentioned, make our lives easier. The plane, for example, and this is what I was, we were talking about before, which is how long it's taken um, certain technologies to be adopted to the point where it's got 50 million users, unique users. Um, the plane, for example, I think the stat is that it, it took 68 years for the plane to be trusted enough or even you know, um, accessible enough for 50 million users to, to, to use the plane. Um, the car took 62 years. Um, I think the the telephone took 28 years uh, and internet took seven years. Facebook took three years. Pokemon Go took 19 days to get 50 million users. So when you look at it in that sense um, and look at technological advancements, Pokemon Go wouldn't be 
wouldn't exist without the smartphone. The smartphone wouldn't exist without the, the basic telecommunication device, which is the phone. So it's the rate at which these things have A, been able to be accessed, uh, well, first, for, first and foremost, developed, then be accessible to a wider audience. Mm. Uh, and then obviously it's down to, I suppose, A, people's need state for that product. I mean, nowadays, obviously, we've got billions fly a year because it's the only way to travel around uh, intercontinental, international, uh, and obviously uh, domestic flights. But really- well, The most convenient way. The most convenient way, yeah. Go yeah. swim there. You could swim there, yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, to be fair, I was, I was, I was actually uh, reading about people who were lost at sea uh, the other day. It's, it's quite scary stuff, but yeah. Um, it's the most convenient, yeah. So, but that's the thing, convenience. Convenience, convenience. it's all about convenience. It's all about convenience. It? And that's the reason why technologies have to be um, developed and adapted and, and, and you know, um, advanced the stage where, you know, there's, there's, there's so many of them now. You know, when we talk yeah. about technologies, we talk about anything, whether it's the kettle, whether it's a software, whether it's, uh, you know, a new, a, new, a new device, for example. Um, and then I think that for me, the, 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 the most relevant for now is technological advancements in medicine, for example. I think that is it's just incredible what we can do. Obviously, I think what we're all scared of is, is the point where they're able to do um, or get to the point where they can actually understand cell regeneration and then therefore make a bionic human who can live forever. Um, but that's in yeah. the, you know, that. But the, it, like tying that into what you said earlier, I think one interesting aspect about technology, specifically the field of software, our field, you said like not not just the speed of development but the speed of access yeah because i think that's that's a key point in software isn't it because it's like we we're progressing on all fronts technologically and like it, or medicine or just in all fields in general we're progressing every single day like mm -hmm. in, in insane um insane rates but what makes software a bit special is that it's the fact that like right now someone somewhere right now could think of an idea that's going to completely change an aspect of your life and they can make it today and you can use it and experiment with it tomorrow, potentially even improve on it yeah. and then and, and release another thing. Yeah. And it's just, it's so instantaneous and it's so experimental. Like yeah. sometimes I think as like today, like as we, every day now, software is being demystified more and more, like maybe back in the day it used to be like, this this weird like yeah. things like <laughs> when you get people that say like oh th he's good with computers or something but <laughs> but now it's not as much like like more and more schools are starting to teach uh, coding like more and more um, like educational tools are other, are other that teach and it's not actually as well at least on a service level to start making things yeah. of, like valuable things it's not as complicated yeah. um, as people think I think so, I think the share in knowledge, like in terms of like you said, the access to it, the share in knowledge. I think um, it was it was Volvo, who invented the three point seat belt. You know that that we're so used mm. today. Every car has a three point seat belt. Yeah. They didn't keep that under wraps. That was open source because they said it was more valuable to save lives than yeah. it was to keep that for profit. Um, it's the same with Tesla battery, you know, that's open source because it's a technology that I think needs to be in place for the world to get better. So. There's 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 things like creating technologies in order for you to get a, a commercial leverage on your on your competitor, but then you look at technologies that have been developed, even as, as simple as the seatbelt. I mean, we say it's simple because we're so used to it, but at some point, someone was sat there for for weeks, if not years, trying to develop something that would save lives, yeah. and then make the conscious decision to go, 
I'm not going to keep that to myself because this could genuinely save a lot of lives. And we have seen mm -hmm. it in this day and age. So there's access to technology and then also the share of knowledge in terms of an open source kind of aspect in what uh, modern terms anyway, because mm -hmm. open source is something that we tend to talk about, you know, say code yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so that's what software is really, isn't it? It's just one big, massive, uh, like jam. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just, just, it's like, um, got like a karaoke just but everyone across the world is participating in it just yeah. spewing out random code yeah. like ranging from novel to life changing <laughs> and just like by the day just making weird things but within those niches you can find something that yeah and that's this is what you're saying is that you know it takes someone to just find a little bit of something there add to it and then they've created something new and i think that is you know especially what we've created here at wakelet is um it's it's not essentially something that's you know particularly new in terms of a, a sort of novel idea it's what we're doing is we're taking something that we think is a problem which is the fact that the internet for us is is a, is a technology that has enabled even more technology to develop in terms of mm -hmm. software whatever usability yeah but then what we're trying to do mm -hmm. here is just bring it into one absolutely one manageable organized organized view and that's that's just a, it, it might seem simple on the on the on, on the face of it superficially but obviously these guys can tell you how complicated it is actually to to develop that um mm -hmm. into a product that is 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 really accessible for the user or under, understandable by the user yeah. it's, it's something that is is a yeah it's, it's a tricky thing absolutely yeah no uh, just to just to bring it back a little bit i think i don't want listeners <laughs> to kind of get a sense of the the tech industry being super high pressure and and really rigid i think something that i really like about working in the tech industry is how flexible it is and how there is so, so much encouragement to take risks. Uh, I'm not sure if anyone out there is, has read, I think it's the Reed Hastings uh, book, uh, which is about the, the culture um, in Netflix and perhaps applicable to the cultures in a lot of tech companies around the world. But that's how, how much you're encouraged to take risks. Yushin, do you find that you are encouraged to take risk, And uh, is that something that you, that you enjoy doing? Yeah, I think... I can't say I'm like taking risk. I do see like a lot of time I am preparing, I'm observing it. I'm trying to research, do research and planning things. I think actually it's like the timing. If there's the right timing, we are doing, take the action. Yeah, that's the time that like, you do take the risk. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of time, as you also mentioned about why technology moves so fast, I think it's the fact that we're not just iterating the design or the product itself. We're also iterating our uh, work process. We literally can be last week doing one way. This week, we're trying to optimize our workflow, trying to make it move faster. Yeah, because it depends on what we... Yeah, like every week, the goal is different. Yeah. It's like one week, you're trying to create a new thing that doesn't exist, but the other week, you're just trying to like just like imp improve a few things in a, in a calculated way just just like based on data based on research so it, it depends on what you're seeking some weeks you're seeking creativity mm. that's where cultures like that come into play like what you mentioned earlier Mike uh, Netflix mm -hmm. like openness honesty creativity like that requires freedom that requires a specific like a type of a headspace you want to be uh, depending on if you're doing it with on like on your own or with others, you want that sort of uh, openness. But then some other weeks, it's just like raw computation. It's just like yeah. <laughs> just churn it out. You just need like just a cup of coffee and just 
headphones on, lock in, yeah. and just focus. Yeah, no creativity or stuff. Just, just a drone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is which is also very enjoyable. But um, I think cultures and tech is is definitely really interesting. I'm certainly interested in, in learning about it. I mean, Hastings uh, culture of candor, I think, is what it's kind of um, commonly known as. But also yeah. um, Peter Thiel's approach to, to culture and, and I mean, whether it's PayPal or Palantir, there's um, different approaches. And then, and then of course you could kind of reference like the Google new progressive office environment and same with Apple there, their crazy um, office space. Um, you know, um, it seems to be like redefining uh, a culture or a company culture it seems to be quite a trendsetter uh, in that regard. Um, in terms of culture, Ed, do you, what, what, what do you think it should be just like in a, in a condensed fashion? What, what do you think a tech culture should be? I mean, first and foremost, tech culture, I think has to be in its, in its very nature, um, adaptable it's you've got to have people who are ready to 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 pivot who are ready to collaborate quite heavily um what what is so enjoyable (laughs) not to sell weight club but what is so enjoyable is that we have got quite a um a a flat kind of hierarchy there's no real barriers to go speak to a team i know we've we've spoken quite openly to each other we go from one side of the office to the other um but we're, we're also always open to hear each other's um, points of view, opinions, but also uh, approaches to, to work. I suppose, you know, usually you're talking about the workflows around how you can, how, you know, working with it within a team, you can try and establish a process. I, I know Michael and our team, we've, we've, you know, put different sheets in place. We've, we've tried to put process in certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but generally speaking, I think in terms of culture, it's, it's so important to A, find people who can can fit that culture i know it sounds quite sort of uh quite harsh but you know if if you have a a view of how you want your business or 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 company to to run and run itself really because you know like i said here people just talk to each other there's no particular hierarchy but um you know i've worked at businesses where there's some there's some real stern people up top and it's sort of filtered down it's not it's not been particularly a particularly nice place to work um and it hasn't it hasn't bred that culture of reactivity if anything it's bred a culture of kind of um you know you start to become uh, reclusive in yourself and you don't want to sort of go forward and, and try and, and and you know develop yourself as a, as a person because you're just like oh is that the right thing to do is someone going to say no that's you know so you you tend to you, you tend to adopt um the and absorb the the surrounding um essence and sort of vibe of the office is, is sort of hippy dippy as that sounds but it, it is that way i mean you know collaborative collaboration and a collaborative mindset, I think, is, is is paramount to the way that people can work. It's just about being honest, open, um, and, and collaborative, and, and working well with others. Um, so for me, that's that's the main, that's the main important thing to me, anyway. Mm. Yeah. Really, it's just like a company's culture is just like it's the founder or founders, like their objective, and just a, a set of raw traits that they need, mm. or they pro- probably have to pursue that objective. And then from that point on the type of people that they hire will be based on that on their like those people's personalities and then the first few like the the first few people that are hired that that original team that's what sets the culture so like when you you've got like netflix google a bunch of other companies as examples mm-hmm. they all have slightly different approaches to the same thing really isn't it it's just trying to innovate trying to take risks trying to be creative at least in in most uh, mm-hmm. cases and so it's just their own take on that like mm-hmm. it's facilitating that and i think it's obviously very key that everyone's moving in the same direction as well yeah. you know the culture needs to facilitate that um you know 
yeah. uh, that, that, that direction, whatever it is. There's another quote here um, from the CEO of Page Freezer. Um, Transparency within your organization is the difference between having a business that's simply running and having one that's moving in one direction. And I think that's probably key for probably any company in any industry, but but certainly within tech. Um, but uh, yeah, Yushin, in, in terms of culture, just broadly, um, what, what do you engage with? Um, I quite agree with the transparency. I think, um, well, it can comes with adaptivity, adaptive as well. Um, I think anyone in the startup, it, as you mentioned, we are the technology startup, but we are also a business. I think everyone here is trying to do, be able to do everything. I think as a marketing team, you need to have awareness of how technology works. As us um, from the product team or engineering team, we also need to have aware of how business run. Um, everyone has to come together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the collaborative team. Yeah, I think teamwork is obviously so important. Um, again, for for any company, but within tech as well, it's it certainly needs to be super focused. Um, just to kind of move away from from those buzzwords, because uh, I know they can be quite mm-hmm. intense, and what and the tech industry in essence is quite intense. But yeah. just just to kind of just to ask uh, more of a casual question, uh, what if you had to choose three, or let's say choose one tech product um, that you enjoy using, uh, Yushin? What what is it and and why? Um, actually, I think at the moment I will say Netflix. Mm-hmm. I think it just. Um, you can see how Netflix grows. I think as like probably ten years ago, Netflix. Not everyone like it's like literally. Some people are using it now. It's like everyone is using it, and they are constantly changing, improving. I think a lot of time when I go on Netflix, it's like I'm not even thinking about what I want to choose, what kind of film I'm choosing, what um, how I want to use the product. I'm not even thinking of that. It just naturally comes to me. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of time and one feature I really liked I think some people probably disagree is when I'm choosing the film or um, TV series um, just on the list it will kind of start to play it and for me it just helped a lot Yeah. Um, I know some people don't like to like pr- oh, um, hate <laughs> <laughs> like, shut up play for the fifth time now but, yeah it just make me start to because I, 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 I I'm not good at making decisions but as soon as it start to play to me and I was like, oh, it's interesting. I start to watch it. I know people who, uh, when it plays and they go, right, I've seen it all now. I might as well not watch it. <laughs> that is the case with some movies <laughs> on Netflix though, I think it's yeah, fair to say. <laughs> what are some of the most basic movies? Though? The <laughs> yeah. ones where the, the plot is so thin, it's just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, We seem to be big Netflix fans here at Wake that we, we reference them quite a lot, but to be fair, I mean, they're certainly a giant in the space. Um, another, another casual kind of question is, uh, describe the tech industry in three words. And that's not a super easy task, but say, if you want to give it a go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, fast, mm-hmm. experimental, <laughs> yeah, um, fun. I yeah. mean, this is obviously quite a subjective thing, but yeah, it's fun. I enjoy it. It is fun. Yeah, do you have fun, Ed? Do you? Do I, you? I have lots of fun. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, uh, I've I've come from from various backgrounds, um, but uh, yeah, this is this is probably the most fun. It's it's actually creating something that's we can see is probably going to make a change um and, and that's yeah. that's the most exciting thing and, and it's fun the, the process to get there is, is is incredibly fun for sure yeah you shouldn't do a fun 
Yeah, uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, it is fun, I think, <laughs> for, for me as well. And as, as Wakelet has grown and uh, you, you, different people join and you just meet different people from different parts of the world, different skill sets, different, um, just different minds, I guess, to, to engage with and, and to converse with. So, um, yeah, I think that's probably the highlight of me is just the people that make up a tech company because, because it's such a high pressure, demanding environment. The people that work there have to be really sharp and, and bright. So it's just definitely fantastic to, to meet so many amazing people um to finish off with quite a quite a heavy question uh, to jump <laughs> away from the casual and back into the deep end um and any anyone can take it uh, what does the future of technology look like Ooh. yeah that's a, that's a very <laughs> that's, a, that's a safe question Open right there <laughs> no you do not want me answering that <laughs> um i no one knows like you read about a new thing uh, every day like you, you can talk about you can talk about like biotechnology you can talk about uh, how we're gonna like uh, discover the human body and do stuff um, to like upgrade it you can talk about the internet like or or travel or communication like all, all of these things will move forward but like it's too much to cover and ultimately we don't really know I think at the moment all of it is it's relatively new it feels like like if you just got like a, a toddler just like a box of toys that like none of which they've played with before and they're just like taking it all out playing with each one of them just getting it all in making a mess of the room and then like putting it all back in and like them picking favorites and understanding how they work together <laughs> this is where yeah. it feels like um where we are is it in like uh like in humanity and like in society at the moment but i think ultimately like you can guarantee it's just gonna it's just gonna get more convenient for better or worse. Mm. I think that's what it's all about. It's just convenience. Perhaps excessive um, convenience, but Yeah. I th- I maybe think so. I think so. Maybe. I think I think the 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 excess of convenience will ultimately I know it's quite quite a, a morbid thought, but the excess of convenience could possibly lead to our demise as as a as a planet. I mean it would be wonders for the natural world, but as as a humans being quite yeah. I mean, we are the natural world. Everything we built is natural. I mean, I it's agree existed that. here. Yeah, I, I, it's yeah. all natural. But <laughs> I mean, it's certainly in timelines. I was I was reading about dinosaurs yesterday, and that's quite. That was quite <laughs> I read about very weird things, but I was reading about dinosaurs and obviously uh, how that actually the um, adaptive radiation essentially, you know, created new uh, new species, and that that from from you know the the extinction of of that particular uh time period and uh, 75% of all living things on the earth has led to the creation of others so could it be the fact that actually we do as a society look at what we've created it's kind of a, a thought process there where it's like actually maybe at one point will we as society look at the tech we've created is it for good is it for bad um and i'm hoping at some point we do um as a as a as a race as a, as a people come together and go let's let's look at what we've done let's mm. try and reverse at least some of the things we've and use Maybe. technology to do that you know? i think it's not I a think bad it's, thing it's just it like yeah i think society is aware of a lot of these issues like i don't know I, I think there are a lot of problems i think there will always be problems um, sure. a lot of them will overcome will overcome some we won't some will like i i, I don't know like i think what i'm trying to say is we should be excited we should be cautious we should be wary we should but we should look forward to it and i think i think it'll be fine like yeah i, I think like in in modern narrative it's we always look at these things and like and we talk about the future in, in like a slightly negative light yeah but 
But I mean, I just to, to jump in with a with a classic Spider-Man quote: "With great power comes great responsibility." Um, and it is, I think, yeah. it, it is worth acknowledging the responsibility that those within tech have. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, but but what a, what a fascinating journey uh, it certainly is to be on. Um, yeah, just just to wrap things up, I think uh, you know another really interesting conversation. Uh, thank you all so much um, for chiming in and sharing your thoughts and ideas and creativity. Um, thank you for having us. I've certainly learned a lot. <laughs> um, and thank you to all the listeners uh, for tuning in as well. It's always a pleasure to have you with us. Um, of course, this podcast is available on Spotify and Apple. But those of you who um, want to want to watch uh, watch the conversation, we are recording it as well. So check out uh, the Wakelet YouTube channel. Uh, you can get a bit of a sneak peek into into what it's like to to record these things. But uh, yeah, thanks again uh, to my lovely guests and uh, to the listeners. It's been a pleasure, and uh, well, we'll catch you next time. Thank you very much.